Hello, everyone. Happy Friday, December 9th. I'm Hunter Hodes, the host of Locked on Penguins, coming at you all with another episode as the Penguins continue with their winning ways, a 4-3 come from behind victory against the Buffalo Sabres. They are now 11-2-2 in their past 15 games. Um, we're going to fully recap this game and look ahead to Saturday's game for what the Penguins can improve upon from this game because there are things that they can improve upon. We'll get to Jeff Skinner's stupidity. That's actually going to lead off the first segment. We'll also get into Evgeny Malkin's stupid penalty. Brock McGinn staying hot. A really underrated play that was made by Sidney Crosby um, to get the tying goal to Ricard Raquel. Tristan Jari's performance. POJ, so much to talk about when it comes to this game. And all starts right after this. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor's Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. <clears throat> Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. Again, if you have not listened to a few episodes this week, I apologize for my voice right now. Yes, I am congested. I have the cold still. I actually am feeling a little bit better today. Funny enough, my nose is not as stuffy, but um, I'm, I'm fighting through it. You know, it's I'm hoping my Monday that this is all just a mirage at this point. But yeah, just not not not. I'm not having a good time right now to say the least. But you know, we're gonna power through this episode and we're gonna hit on everything and let's get into it right now. So um, you know, the biggest moment from this game came late in the third period, tied game. It's gonna go to overtime. You're gonna see some three on three action. Nope. Did not get to see that. Um, a puck comes into Craig Anderson. He's able to crowd with his glove. Gensel comes in, gives you know, gives his pad a small little whack. But, you know, any NHL player does that. Skates off. You think the play is over. But, nope, Jeff Skinner comes over, whacks his leg. Okay, whatever. You know, gives him another whack. Okay, cross-checks him in the body. Uh, you know, probably a penalty. And then right after that, boom, right to the face. That is a... Easy penalty, 10 out of 10 times. Easy five-minute major call, 10 out of 10 times. He was disqualified from the game. And now that he has the five-minute major, um, it has to be reviewed for a suspension. And I do think he is going to get suspended. I'm going to touch on that here in a few seconds. Um, and then Penguins, they're able to use that to their advantage. They don't score in the final 21 seconds of the third period. They don't score for the first minute of overtime. But the Penguins are able to win the game about a minute and a half in, thanks to Jeff Carter or Carter Kell. Really nice pass to get it to him who's in front of the net. Carter goes skate to stick, puts it past Craig Anderson. The Penguins go home with the extra point to stay in third place in the Metropolitan Division in a game where the Penguins, they didn't have their best game, but they'll take that extra point. I mean, you know, the Sabres have played them really tough this season. And, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of animosity going into that Saturday game. I'm sure there's going to be some pushing and shoving. Don't know if there's going to be any fights, but I think it's going to get chippy just because of what happened, um, <clears throat> you know, late in that game. But what a stupid play by Jeff Skinner. I mean, what are we doing here? You know, I, I don't really care about those few cross-checks before. You want to cross-check him in the leg? Okay. You want to cross-check him in the midsection? You know, I, I see that all the time. Penguins have done that plenty of times. But once it goes up to the head face area and you go boom right to the face, 
that's 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 you can't do that. Like he could have lost like all of his front teeth in that situation. And honestly, we saw Evgeny Malkin get a suspension for that. Remember late last year against the National Predators when Malkin put his stick up um to the face. Oh, I, I can't remember his name, but you know, Malkin, because of his his history, he got a four-game suspension and it was deserved. You know, he you know, he has he had to learn from that. And so far he has, he hasn't done that since, but it was a stupid play by him. And I think Jeff Skinner is going to learn the hard way here too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I do not want to see anything less than five games here. I know I'm probably setting myself up for failure. And I'm again, I'm not going to be surprised if it is less than five games because George Peros is an absolute moron and he has no idea how to run the department of player safety, but they need to send a message here that these kind of plays are not. Oh, Okay, you cannot cross-check someone in the face when they're vulnerable with their teeth like that. Like that's just that's a garbage play. It's dirty. Like I I don't care if it's Sidney Crosby that does it. I don't care if it's Alex Ovechkin that does it. I don't care if it's you know a, a random AHL call-up. You should get you should get the book thrown at you for that. And I think you know he's obviously he's not going to play on Saturday. You know he should be out for at least the next five games. You know that's how I see it. You know he. He lost the game for the Sabres tonight. The Penguins will say thank you very much. I'm glad that they didn't really retaliate. You know, Gensel kind of gave him a couple whacks as he was getting whacked. But you know, I think, you know, some past Penguins teams, they would have gone out there and they would have retaliated, you know, under Dan Bilesma and stuff like that, Mike Johnston. But under Mike Selvin, the play, the Penguins know to just play. You know, that's his mantra. And they didn't retaliate. They got they took the power play and they said, hey, um, <clears throat> you want to be stupid? Okay. We're going to go win the game, and that's the best medicine. I will always say that if a team wants to play dirty against the Penguins, go out there and win the game against them. Then when they're going off the ice, you can laugh at them, talk all the crap you want, you know, just don't retaliate. That was the biggest thing I didn't want them to do there, and I'm glad they didn't. And they went out and won the game. Thanks to Jeff Carter getting his first non-empty net goal since October 20th against the Los Angeles Kings. It's a span of 20 games. Uh, so a player that badly needed a goal um, in Jeff Carter for that one. But yeah, just a really stupid play by Skinner. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if this is his reputation around the league. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Sabres games, so I don't really, I can't really comment on it that much. But you know, that's the dirtiest play I think I've seen him make um, <clears throat> in his career. So just, you know, at least from what I've watched from him. Again, I don't watch every Sabres game. I didn't watch every game when he was in Carolina. Um, but in terms of games that I've seen him play, you know, I don't have really seen anything worse than that, but um, really dumb and I'm glad the Penguins were able to make him pay. And yeah, again, he's he's not going to be playing in that game. And you know, that, that goal capped off a really strong night for the power play. Two of the goals were scored on the man advantage. That's now four games in a row that the Penguins have scored a power play goal. So what I'm saying again, you know, the, the movement right now is so beautiful they're taking their time with the puck. They're not overpassing. They're making sure they get the right look and, and making the right passes, and they're finishing their chances. And you saw that tonight on two goals against the one. <clears throat> I'm excuse me. And you saw it in overtime when Raquel had that really nice pass to Carter. Speaking of Raquel, he has been awesome lately. I mean, he's well worth that contract right now, making me eat a little bit of crow. I wasn't crazy on the term, and uh, maybe he was fine, but you know, the term was yeah, a little much. But you know, he's been one of their best players. And I think you can definitely attribute the power play, you know, the unit turning around to, you know, him coming on there or something that I've been wanting for the last couple of weeks. So really glad that he was able to make that play. And the Penguins 
you know, not sure how much I would have trusted them in a three-on-three situation just because it hasn't been their bread and butter this year, which is weird to say because they have so many elite players that can play at three-on-three. But, you know, they will take that power play. I figured because they had the power play going into overtime that this game was 1,000% at least going to go to a shootout. I don't think they were going to lose in overtime unless they gave up a four-on-three shorthanded, which that would have been embarrassing. You know, you give up a four-on-shorthanded goal when you have a four-on-three, you should just be sent to Mars, to be honest. But obviously that did not happen. But, you know, that was really the big moment or the main moment in tonight's game. And again, really hope Jeff Skinner gets the book thrown at him. There's no place for that in today's NHL. There's just not. It's, it's a stupid play. I don't want to see anyone defending that. There's nothing to defend with that play. Um, but I think that'll wrap up this first segment of the podcast. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into a couple of other plays that really stood out to me tonight, including the Sidney Crosby uh, play that led to the Ricard Raquel goal um, early on in the third period. But before I get to that, obviously I have my bet online for you all on YouTube. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. For football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow my Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Lower Penguins. And thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I'm you know, my, my buddy from college who's a massive Sabres fan. He was watching the game as well. And, and he even said, yeah, it was just a really stupid play from Skinner. And he would also be stunned if he was not uh, suspended for the game tomorrow night, which, I mean, he will be. I, I'm sure tomorrow morning you're going to see a hearing. But, again, looking to some other plays that really stood out to me tonight, um, the Sidney Crosby play early on in the third period, the Penguins have the power play, right? Just finishing up. Looks like the Sabres going to get it clear. Nope. Crosby leans towards the boards, somehow keeps the puck in, gets it, um, I believe it was to Gensel, and then they're able to get some traffic in front of the net, and then Raquel buries it from the right side, right near the blue paint, to tie the game at 2-2, but watch that play again from Crosby. The way that he was basically almost to dive across to keep that puck in play, because I thought it almost went out for a second. I thought it was about to hit the netting or something, or just you know something like that, but no, because it was able to keep that in, make another one of his superhuman plays, you know, lead to a scoring chance, and then Ra- Raquel was able to finish in. That just, you know, it's another one of his amazing plays this season, Crosby. That is, and why he should be a serious favorite for the Hart Trophy right now. It's plays like that where, um, <clears throat> you know, I think some people take him for granted. He is playing at an otherworldly level right now. He doesn't make that play. I don't know if the Penguins win this game. So I want to take a couple minutes here to talk about that just because of how awesome it was. You know, I hope I was able to describe it to the best of my abilities, but you know, for those that watch it and those that listen to the game, really just an awesome play by Crosby. I just I can't get enough of how he's playing right now. Um Brock McGinn, he continues to stay hot. Um that's yes, he's basically scoring one goal every couple of games at this point. Uh this is this is the Brock McGinn that I think a lot of people were expecting to see when he signed that contract. You know, played great in his final year at Carolina, played well in the first half 
of last season before it just kind of going off the rails last season and the second half of last season in the playoffs. And then for a lot of this season, not playing up to par, but then, you know, the last, um, you know, seven to 10 to 12 games, he has been on another level. So really happy to see him playing on the third line and just playing on a good level. You know, hopefully he can maybe get an upgraded center potentially towards the trade deadline. And yes, that's a call for Bo Horvat from Vancouver. Um, he is my number one target. Um, I will leave it at that. I will touch on that. A little later on as we get closer to the trade deadline, but if there is one area that this team I think still needs, it is a number three center. As you know, I hate to say it. I know Jeff Carter scored tonight. He's not that guy anymore, people. He's not that guy. So um that's that on that. But you know, we're just a, a rip of a shot from again. I don't know what Craig Anderson was doing um <clears throat> on there just because of the angle, you know, it was well below the red dot. On the right side of the ice, I don't even know how that went in. Uh, he's just, you know, and Craig Anderson, he's the goalie where he'll wow you with some saves, but then he'll give up like goals like that where it's just like, how did that even go in? And honestly, throughout Craig Anderson's career, he's been pretty consistent in the way that he'll either have a ridiculous good game where he'll stand on his head. I'm like, well, tonight's like kind of like a game that, you know, doesn't count in these two categories. It's just, it, it's, it's not, it's not the norm. I'll say this, but usually with Craig Anderson, he'll make like 50 to 55 saves, give up one or two goals, or he'll just get lit the hell up. There's just no in between tonight. One of was one of those rare in between moments. He actually played pretty well for the most part, I think against the Penguins, but you know, usually it's, it's one or the other, but the Penguins were able to get four past him and they were able to um, come away with the victory. But you know, McGinn, the Raquel goal was said, all that was awesome. Gensel, you know, he he extends his point streak to five games. He has three goals during that time. Really nice snipe um, from the left out or just a, a little bit to the right of it. Really nice screen in front. I believe that was Raquel as well. You know, he has really just transformed that unit ever since he got onto that unit, to be honest with you guys. So, um, and I, I talked about that in the first segment a little bit with the power play. Um, you know, he's been he's been awesome. And, you know, when Latang's ready to come back, um, I still I I take Petrie off and I just let you know Latang quarterback that unit with Raquel Crosby, Malkin and Gensel and I I would like to see how the unit goes for that I understand that Petrie's playing well in that unit but when healthy that's that's Latang's unit so that's how I see it on that I also really liked the penalty kill tonight the Sabres power play it had been pretty hot coming into this game I believe I saw the graphic. Um, <clears throat> on ATT Sportsnet where they were hovering around 25 to 30% in the last few weeks. You know, that that's a scary unit. Darlene at the point, got Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Jeff Skinner, you know, Victor Olofsson, he's a power play point machine. Usually they can put the puck in the back of the net. So this was a big test for the Penguins. And the Penguins, for the most part, they pass. I know they gave up that goal late in regulation uh, with about a, was a buck 30 left to Kyle Oposa, who he's always killed the Penguins throughout his career. So I'm not even surprised at this point, but for the most part, otherwise the Penguins had a really strong night on the penalty kill. Uh, Brock McGinn in particular was really nice um, with his stick play, just poking it away just out of the zone at times. I thought Brian Dumoulin was better on the PK at five on five though. Not good. I'll get to that a little later on, but no, I thought for the most part, the penalty kill was extremely solid. Tristan Jari's performance tonight. I don't think any of those three goals were on him. Um, just piss poor defensive coverage, I think, from the Penguins, and I'll and I'll and I'll get into that in a little bit. But 
you know, none of those three goals I think were that savable. I think overall he played he played a good game and you know he's been red hot for like the past three to four weeks. Um, I was reading um, actually from Ryan Wilson from Hockey Buzz. I clicked on one of his articles today, and he actually, you know, put a really good stat in there that I'll share for you all here. In the last month, um, you know, Jari's really yet, yet to lose in regulation and has over a 940 percentage. That'll do. You know, he's really turned things around. He's still giving up that sometimes weak goal, but he's been making a lot of good saves. He did that same tonight, just didn't allow a weak goal, and he continues to give the Penguins, you know, adequate goaltending. <clears throat> In each start, he's not going to play on Saturday. That'll be Casey DeSmith's game. He will play, I think, on Monday against a really good Dallas Stars team. But, you know, I really do think Jari played well tonight overall. Um, From an, another, from an individual performance perspective, I think that's really, well, uh, let, let's get to the Geno stuff. Not his best game. Very stupid play. Man, my eye is just killing me tonight. Man, I just... I'm just a mess, people. I'm, I, I apologize for this, for those who are watching on YouTube. But, you know, I do think Gino was a little bit of a mess tonight. Um, took that really stupid penalty with three minutes left on Tage Thompson. You can't help him there, man. Like, that's just a really dumb play. And I tweeted this. I'll say it on the podcast. Gino, <clears throat> excuse me. I get it. You want to go for the franchise penalty, minute record. You're about 20 minutes away from it. You're going to break it by the time you retire, Penguin. Not at that moment. Do that when you're up six to two or something like that, man. Just not when you're when when the team is trying to defend a three to two lead with three minutes left in the third period. That's just a really dumb penalty to take. The penalty kill was killing it off at a decent decent rate before Oposo scored. Um, just really um, stupid, I, I, I think overall. So hopefully he learns from that uh, going into Saturday's game and just going forward um, as well. Um, that'll do it though for this segment when looking at some individual player performances and just uh, other plays that really stood out for this game. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get a look at some things that the Penguins need to clean up going into Saturday to make sure that they can sweep this back-to-back because the Penguins have been really bad on the second half of back-to-backs and also look at <clears throat> um, the overall underlying numbers from this game and if the Penguins can carry those over into the game as well. So stick around for that right after this commercial break. All right, I am back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. We're going to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, let's get into some stuff that the Penguins did not uh, do well tonight. And I think some of their coverage in front of the net was kind of pissed for, especially towards the late stage of the second period. You know, Gensel gets that goal four minutes left. You're like, okay going to take a one nothing lead into the intermission you're playing well and you know you're well you're kind of stealing it at that point i think jari's made some good saves the sabers have kind of had the better of the play but um <clears throat> nope you're, you're you go down to going into the third into the third period because the penguins made two brutal changes and the defensive coverage on both goals was really bad first one um you know just a, a brutal change ryan newman is out to lunch Goes in the back of the net, Tristan Jari, no chance to save that one. Second one, the Ruta Dumoulin pairing is on again, and both are out to lunch on that one. Another player left wide open in front of the net. Jan Ruta is chilling at the side of the net, right towards the right of Tristan Jari, acting like he's drinking a Corona on the beach, out in like West Palm Beach, something like that. Don't know what the heck that defensive coverage was, but it was ugly. Um, Dumoulin, you know, he didn't really make an effort to play the puck 
in that instance. And again, just a brutal change as well. They were changing while the Sabres were coming up the rink. I'm like, what are you doing there? That was just a really ill-advised time for the Penguins. So they need to be cautious about that going into the matchup on Saturday. They need to play better in front of their net. They need to not have defensemen and their forwards out to lunch um, in the end zone coverage because you know Tristan's not going to save those. I don't think any goalie is going to make those saves, to be honest with you, unless they're just God. Uh, so that's really the one area of focus that I would um, really look into heading into that game. Just, you know, that pairing overall, that Jumlin Ruta pairing was pr pr pretty gross. Um, if I can look at the shift report, nope, that's not the shift report here. And Jumlin struggled across the board tonight. When he was on the ice, the thing was only at 32% of the shot attempts. If I go down to find Jan Ruta here, yeah, 37% of the shot attempts. So when you combine those together, if I can get my mouse going, geez. When you combine those together, uh, 30, what, 32, 33% overall, gross. Not good enough. It's bad. Uh, again, they were out to lunch on both those goals. You know, that 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 can't be happening moving forward. And, and you know, going into the third period, <clears throat> excuse me, Duman was like one of the was one of the main ice time leaders among all defensemen. And that's crazy because he plays on the second period. You figured it would be Pedersen and Petrie that would be leading the way there, but nope. Uh, it's Dumon, which, you know, I don't understand. I think the more minutes you give him, the more he struggles. Um, you know, he was just you know, totally doing his own thing. Same with Taylor Yamruta, acting like he's drinking a Corona while listening to, you know, the Pina Colada song or something. <laughs> so, something like that while he's on vacation. But um, that was really the main negatives that I have um, about this performance. I do think the Penguins were pretty sluggish coming out of the gate. I did not like the start at all. I had pretty bad vibes. And, you know, that was, you know, backed up by natural statric. If you look overall at the numbers at 5v5, the Sabres crushed them in the first two periods, had 24 uh, shot attempts scored as 17 uh, chances against. The Penguins then took it to them in the third period, 15 uh, shot attempts scored, four shot attempts against. But the Sabres overall for the game, they did lead in, in Corsi. They did lead in scoring chances. High danger was close to 50-50. And then expected goals, the Sabres led 55, well, about 56 to 44. I should say, but you know, the first period was dominated by Buffalo. Second period was kind of the same. You know, that they were that they had the deserved result, but the Penguins really took it to them in that final 20 minutes. You know, they were by far the better team there. Um, in the third period, the Penguins had, if I look at this up, if I can find this right here, 78% of the shot attempts. They also had 80% of the scoring chances and 75% of the high danger chances and 77% of the expected goals. And that obviously carried over into overtime where the Penguins were able to skate away uh, with the victory. So um, for this game, I know both teams are going to be all back-to-back. So you're going to have to have shorter shifts, but I want to see the Penguins come out you know, just with a better start. There's going to be a new goaltender in it. I understand that, but, you know, I don't want to see them get pushed around like they were in the first period. You know, at one point, the shots were 12-2 to two in favor of the Sabres, and that's just not, it's not good enough. You can't rely on your goaltender just bail you out every first period. You know, he was, Tristan was the only player that showed up in that period. You know, you can't, you know, you can't ask Casey DeSmith to do that. Toronto, because, you know, I don't know if he's going to do the same thing. You know, that's just, that's goaltending. It's, a most, it's the most volatile position in all, all hockey. So I think that does it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I don't think I really missed anything from this game. Um, I'm potentially going to be at that game tomorrow. I'm looking to see if I can secure a ticket, but I'm also trying to make sure that I actually feel better. Um, you know, if I wake up tomorrow and I, and I still feel like crap, probably not going to go, but... Um, if I do feel better, um, I, I do think I will be able 
I'm going to go to the game. But I will de- I'll definitely be there on Monday. So if you are going on Monday, just let me know. And you know, maybe we'll meet up there or something. But um, that does it for this one. Hope you all enjoy listening to it. Again, I apologize with my congested voice. But as <clears throat> it happens when I just, you know, I get a cold. One more thing, though. Um, I did want to send my thoughts, my prayers, and my condolences to Grant Wall, who was covering the World Cup in Qatar over the last several weeks. He um, passed away. Um, very unexpectedly on Friday night. We do not really know any of the details, but it's just an unspeakable tragedy. I think I can speak for for myself and so many other people that you know he his knowledge of the game was so vast, and he was able to teach so many people about the game of soccer. And he was just an incredible journalist. So wanted to end the show with that. You know, my my thoughts and my prayers and my condolences go out to him, his family, his friends, and just everyone around him during this time. So again, thank you all so much for listening and I will talk with you all on Monday.